1: I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew.
0: And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any.
1: And today we're talking about Negronis.
0: Yay! I also want to point out this episode is airing, if you're listening to it on Air Day. Air Day? Is that a thing? Yeah,
1: it's Air Day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> National Air Day, October 1st.
0: Oh, ah. Well, after all the, uh, the wildfire smoke we've been having on the West Coast, I really look forward to National Air Day. Yeah,
1: it's not National Clean Air Day, necessarily. It's, oh. just, it's just a day to think about air and, like, how we fucked it up.
0: Okay. Well, anyway, if you are listening to this on the day the show comes out, that's October 1st, guess what? You, like us, missed Negroni Week. Well, I
1: mean, we don't know that our listeners missed it. Possibly all of our oh. listeners were drinking a Negronia Day oh. from September 14th through 20th.
0: Oh, God, that's right. I, it's true. I guess not everybody's doing the exact same thing we're doing all the time. Well, I don't
1: know. Maybe our listeners, maybe um, they follow us on social media. We're influencers and we've influenced them to be just like us. What are What do you think are like the top three things that we do that our listeners do along with us? Uh... So... I posted
0: some pictures of Negronis like over the years. Maybe maybe our (laughs) listeners really are drinking Negronis like
1: like Negronis over the years, like the movie Boyhood, (laughs) where you can like see the Negroni getting older.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, Yeah, I think um, I think listeners really um, appreciate uh, the way I like change positions on the couch once in a while (laughs) so I don't get a cramp. (laughs) <laughs> um, and they're probably doing that along with me. It's my it's my own little uh, exercise regime.
0: Um, speaking of like, you know, what we're what we're doing uh, and like our listeners may be keeping an eye on it. I remember way back in the early days of blogging when uh, the, the blog Chocolate and Zucchini was yeah. like the Biggest food blog out there um, run by the, the lovely and extremely, God, prolific Clotilde Dussoulier. Anyway, I remember she created a forum on her site, right? Like a little auxiliary place where her readers could go and chat amongst themselves. This was this seemed really revolutionary at the time. And I remember Brandon and I going over and looking at the forum one day and there was a whole thread that was just like, what do you think Clotilde is doing right now?
1: Oh, yeah. But if you live in France. <laughs> France, just everything you do is automatically interesting, right?
0: I guess that's true. But Brandon and I were like, oh, my God. So, wait, do people just come to this forum to talk about what they think Clotilde is doing right now? The Internet is so weird.
1: Oh, if we if there was like a threat, we don't have a forum because who would participate? We have a Facebook page. <laughs> but like if there's a thread about like, what do you think Matthew and Molly are doing right now? It would be so boring.
0: Hey, I, I have a guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm sitting in my closet recording this podcast, and I think you're sitting in your bedroom.
1: Yep, that's correct. And, like, I've I've also been spending a lot of time in my storage room uh, practicing singing um, because it's the only place (laughs) I can go that uh, doesn't uh, enrage the rest of the family. And so, basically, I've been, like, screaming in my closet for an hour a day, which (laughs) is very therapeutic. I highly recommend it.
0: Oh, okay, great. Hot tips, hot mental health tips. It's, I mean, (laughs) it's really true. Like,
1: like spending just spending even like half an hour a day sometimes just just like singing at at high volume well or not well just makes me feel so much better
0: i love when you send me voice recordings of yourself oh i
1: I should have something new in the next couple days
0: okay great because i seriously love it
1: listeners you can't hear any
0: okay all right well back to the show all right so uh today we're talking about negroni's that's a cocktail right it is a cocktail.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, this is a this is an episode I was a little nervous about because I think I've now had a Negroni twice in my life. But the, the most recent time was Saturday night.
0: Oh, well, cool. Okay. Well, hold on. Before we come up to the present, uh, Matthew, let's go down memory lane. What's on your Negroni memory lane?
1: Oh, and we were going to let people know that uh, transcripts of the show are now available at SpilledMilkPodcast.com slash transcripts. So oh,
0: that's right. Read that's all about important.
1: us. Okay, my Negroni memory lane, I think I probably first heard about it from you because I know this is one of your favorite cocktails and you've been drinking them for a while. I think we did a classic cocktails episode. We recorded it at producer Abby's house about six years ago.
0: Has it been that long?
1: Yeah, and I believe you made a Negroni and that was definitely the first time I had one and possibly also the first time I heard of it. So that's my memory lane.
0: Oh, cool, We've been doing
1: the show long enough that probably most of my memory lane Coincides with the time we've been doing the show.
0: That makes sense. I mean, we've been doing the show for basically like a quarter of our lifetimes.
1: <laughs> Whoa, that's true.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, I first heard of the Negroni from my mother, Tony Weisenberg. Oh,
1: Tony Negroni that called her.
0: I, you know, I should have called her up and asked her where she first had. A I thought Negroni. you were gonna say
1: I should have called her Tony Negroni. <laughs>
0: when I was growing up. uh, What a
1: missed opportunity. If you had a time machine and could just use it one time, you'd use it to go go back back like 27 years and call your mom Tony Negroni and then come back to the present.
0: You know, here's the good news, though. I could start doing it now. Oh, that is
1: true. It's never too late.
0: I am having dinner with my mother tonight, so I could call her Tony Negroni. We're
1: recording another episode tomorrow. I want you to let me (laughs) know tomorrow how that went and let everyone
0: know. Okay. Uh, So my mom, at a certain point, I don't know what kind of high life she was living, but at a certain point, Tony Weisenberg decided that she was going to have a winter drink and a summer drink, like when she would go out to a restaurant, there was like a cocktail that she was going to order in the winter, and a cocktail she was going to order in is the summer. So
1: smart, because as we discussed on the on the cocktail classic cocktail episode, and I feel like I've gotten a little better at this, but not much better. Like I never know what cocktail to order if there isn't a menu, and so having like a, a and, and and cocktails are seasonal, so like I, I don't want to order uh uh you know mojito in in December. I mean, I guess I guess it's okay. but uh, that's a good point. uh, But having a seasonal cocktail, I think, is so smart.
0: Wow. I thought you were going to say it's so ridiculous. No, not
1: at all. I think it's brilliant.
0: Well, I think I'm a real classic cocktails person. And so I don't know. To me, I uh, they're seasonless. I I don't really get it. Well, I,
1: I think some of them are seasonal.
0: Well, sure. I mean, a mojito or something like that, or or even a margarita feels like summer to me. Okay, but what I was going to say is, I think, if I had to guess, that she made the Negroni her winter drink because it was, like, dark in color. Not that it's made with any brown liquors, but I think people sometimes think of brown liquor as what you drink when it's cold outside, right? So the Negroni being this kind of, like, rusty red color... And being, like, bitter and very, very strong. Uh, I mean, there's nothing about this drink that, that like, uh, you know, tiptoes around. That's true. So the thing is, is I can't remember what her summer cocktail was, but I think that it was clear. I think it was a, like, maybe a gin and tonic or something more light colored.
1: Okay, so tonight... When you have dinner with your mom, first of all, say, "Hey, Tony Negroni, I have a question for you." Just like, <laughs> just slide it in there casually like okay, that. See what okay, happens, okay. and then ask her what her summer cocktail was.
0: Okay, I will. Great, I love the way you've just given me this script, as though yeah, I wouldn't no, have no, like, of it I, myself.
1: I, I'm someone who has who has trouble sometimes coming up with conversation topics, so you're welcome.
0: Uh, do you ever like? Oh my gosh. I don't know if you remember this because it was so long ago, but back when you used to go on first dates, would you think of conversation topics ahead of time?
1: Oh yes. A hundred percent.
0: Oh, me too. Me too. I, I wonder if this is just like a, something that only people who, who have anxiety or when, deal with just anxiety do. when you do. said
1: first date, like I started <laughs> feeling anxious.
0: <laughs> okay. Anyway. Just like,
1: yeah. No, just that, that, That feeling of like, I have to make a good first impression here and I have no idea how to do that. And usually I think I make a bad first impression.
0: This, for me, carries over to meeting new people in general. Oh,
1: yeah, me too.
0: I mean, I've gotten way better at it. Like, I don't come up with a list of questions anymore. And I, I am a good enough conversationalist that I can just meet someone and enjoy myself. But in general, like, I am never going to be one of those people who you will ever hear say, I love meeting new people.
1: I mean, I do actually like meeting new people. I really? mean, love, love is a strong. Yes, we've, you know, we've talked about this before that I'm, I'm always the person who's trying to get us to like meet up with listeners and stuff.
0: Oh, that's true. And I'm always like, Matthew, why are you doing that? I I don't like meeting new people. Or it's not that I don't like it. It's like, it's it's a little hard for me.
1: Oh, it's hard for me, too. I like meeting new people in a context where, like, we know that, like, we can fall back on talking about, like, the thing that I do, which I know is kind of terrible. But, but like, you know,
0: I think that's human nature. Yeah, humans are terrible.
1: Right. Like, I know if I'm in a context where it's not like a spilled milk event and like I understand it would be inappropriate to say, let's just talk about all the things I'm into, then I kind of don't know what to do.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I've had a number of really nice meetups with with spilled milk listeners and actually like people who I met professionally because they had listened to this podcast or read my work are often like some of my closest friends. So I don't know what my problem is.
1: Yeah. No one knows.
0: (laughs) Great. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, all right. So my memory lane involves Tony Negroni and her winter drink. So when I first started learning more about Negronis and enjoying them myself, I remember seeing them in the context of like summer drinks in Italy. Like, I think mm. a lot of people think of the Negroni as a hot weather drink in Italy.
1: Well, I think of Campari as being kind of summery just because of the color, I think.
0: That's so interesting. I mean, I, I think that Tony Negroni has so thoroughly gotten this idea in my head that these, like, colors are wintry colors. Oh, that...
1: Tony Negroni's running sort some sort of propaganda <laughs> mill.
0: Even though, like, Oh, God, I can't think of anything that I enjoy more than sitting outside in the evening, like on vacation and drinking a Campari and soda or something. And that would be done in in warm weather.
1: Yeah. But I mean, Italy's kind of like a lot of it's kind of warm year round, especially southern Italy. Right. It's true. That's true.
0: Yeah. I don't know what
1: point I'm trying to make.
0: Well, anyway, I think think any of our listeners who uh, are really familiar with Italian aperitivo culture will probably (laughs) agree with me that the Negroni is not really a winter drink. Okay. Anyway, but... Uh, For me, it's my all-weather drink.
1: Okay. How long has that been the case?
0: Oh, my gosh. This has been the case for years. So, at first, when Tony Negroni first got into her habit of ordering (laughs) Negronis, I thought they were disgusting. I thought they looked and sounded disgusting. Wait,
1: did she have the nickname, like, for years before she ever ordered her first Negroni? That would be kind of (laughs) odd.
0: Anyway, So I don't even remember exactly when it was. I think it's been in the last 10 years that I have come to really love Negronis. And my mother, I think, was an early adopter. She loved them far before that.
1: Okay, that makes sense. I'm trying to think of other things that rhyme with with cocktails or, or names of liquors so I can give myself a nickname and I haven't come up with anything yet, but I'll keep you posted.
0: How about I tell everyone what a Negroni is for those listeners who have been living under a rock? I mean, I got to say, like, even though
1: again we covered it in an episode six years ago, I had totally forgotten what was in it until I looked it up.
0: Well, so the Negroni is uh, it it comes from Italy. It's a it's a popular Italian aperitivo. So uh, the Italian version of an aperitif, which is a a pre meal drink, Um, the idea being that like Campari or or bitter liquors open the stomach. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a Negroni is made of equal parts gin, red or sweet vermouth, um, and and Campari. So traditionally equal parts and then garnished either with like an orange wheel or a half wheel or an orange peel.
1: Is this related in some way to a martini since it has gin and vermouth or are the proportions so different that it's not even a relative
0: you are assuming that i drink martinis and make them uh which i don't no no so- i'm just
1: assuming that you're a cocktail historian
0: i'm david wondrich
1: <laughs> yes how about genie martini
0: Anyway, so, no, Matthew, my understanding is that I I don't think the Negroni and the Martini are related. For one thing, the Martini has much less vermouth relative to, to gin. Anyway, people like to mess with the proportions, but purists get pretty cranky if you call something a Negroni and it's not equal parts gin, vermouth, and Campari. Oh, that's so
1: easy, though. Because, like, usually even when I make a very simple cocktail, I have to look up the recipe to make sure I'm getting the proportions right. But if it was one-to-one-to-one, even I could remember that.
0: Well, and this is part of why I think this is, like, my... Like, when I make a cocktail, which I do maybe one night a week... Mm -hmm. I, I try to always have around the stuff for Negronis and nine times out of 10, I make a Negroni because I never have to look it up. Uh, the gin lives in my freezer and the Campari and Vermouth are just there and I know exactly what to do. So,
1: yeah, that's I yeah. feel that way about an old fashioned, which is one of my favorites, which is like whiskey and like a little tiny bit of other stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. So a Negroni is is stirred, not shaken. Really, never shaken. Wikipedia says that you build it over ice in an old-fashioned or rocks glass. But in lots of places, especially these days, the bartender will ask if you want it on the rocks or up. Do you have, like,
1: an overall feeling of whether you're, like, a rocks or up person?
0: I always thought that I was a rocks person also because I hate the look of a lot of martini glasses like Mm -hmm. I think they look dumb but what about the ones
1: where the stem of the glass is like all squiggly though
0: I was gonna say that is my least favorite type of martini glass
1: and you can serve it with a bendy straw
0: so when I'm out in the world I think that I would order a Negroni on the rocks but when I'm at home so I have two of these little very very thin crystal like et I think they're sherry glasses. Mm -hmm. And I think that either Brandon bought them at a thrift store somewhere or my dad maybe bought them a long time ago. Anyway, you know, they look like something that your grandmother would have. Uh, And it's got a little stem, but it's much smaller than a martini glass and shorter. Uh, So I love making myself Negronis at home with these. But I do find that when I drink anything up i i tend to get annoyed that it immediately starts warming up of course stay ice cold but then if your negroni's on the rocks then you get like more ice melt into it than i necessarily want
1: you we should get some of those uh what are those things whiskey stones like (laughs) that keep your drink cold but without diluting it yeah it's it's like a father's day gift type of thing (laughs)
0: That sounds great. I'll get you a tie clip, and you get me that.
1: Okay. Oh yeah. I mean, it is your birthday today, as we're recording.
0: It is. My birthday is not. not Get
1: you whiskey stones.
0: My birthday uh, is not October first. No. I feel like we should we should tell the listeners. I am a solid Virgo, September fourteenth. Why? But if but if people wanted to get you a late birthday present. You wouldn't say oh, no, right? I wouldn't. I would not say no.
1: Like no. like oh, something never, from never from, from no. Brookstone or the Hammocker or yeah, catalog.
0: Maybe people might want to get me those whiskey mm-hmm. chunks or whatever. they
1: <laughs> called it, called whiskey chunks.
0: Oh my God, Matthew! <laughs> did I tell you about baking chunks?
1: What did you just say?
0: Have I not told you about
1: this? No. Oh,
0: my God. This is the best thing to happen in my household in like the last month.
1: I I like it already, I think.
0: So one day, June was not with us. Ash and I I think it was like a Sunday afternoon Ash was at home but Ash was about to leave to go to the grocery store and I was typing a grocery list into a text for them mm-hmm. so they could look it up in the grocery store <laughs> and I typed like Scharfenberger baking chunks but it came out as baking kunks. <laughs> <laughs> UNKS. And Ash and I laughed so hard about it. That's that, very
1: funny. That
0: then Ash was like, wouldn't it be funny if we called a grocery store and asked if they if they carry baking kunks? And Did we you? had a good
1: prank call a grocery store. We had
0: a good laugh about this, and then Ash actually got on the phone and called a grocery store. I'm not going to say which one and asked for baking kunks. And Ash like kept a straight face so well. Anyway, I have to tell you, we've now told June about it. Oh, great! And she's prank called a grocery store asking for baking what? cunks. <laughs> she was really good at it. Like totally kept a straight face. Although she and she can spell aloud really fast, so inevitably the call goes like this. Okay,
1: <laughs> I I don't know how I feel about this. I feel like grocery stores are like they're going through enough. I know. without having to deal with you and your bullshit.
0: I know. I'm really sorry. I think this <laughs> makes me a terrible person. But it gave us so much joy. Anyway, so I the mean, call, okay. to the be call fair, usually goes like this. Like
1: it's not like this is malicious, and you know the person at the store like hug up and said, Everyone gather out, you gotta hear the shit that just happened.
0: <laughs> so the best part is that so inevitably the call goes like this. Um, hi. I'm looking to see if you have a particular product. And then the person's like, okay. And you say, I'm looking for baking cunks. And there's always like a a silence (laughs) on the other end for a little while. And then they go, I'm I'm sorry, baking what? And you go, baking cunks. (laughs) C-U-N-K-S. And they always go, baking chunks? And you go, nope, (laughs) C-U-N-K-S. But the best part is that when June was doing it, she can spell aloud really fast. But she spelled it wrong. Oh no. She goes B A K I N G C U N C S.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's close enough to a thing anyway, that doesn't exist.
0: Anyway, it goes on and on and on. We we had um one grocery store refer us to another grocery store. Oh, okay. I'll send you <laughs> Yeah, Matthew, just like
1: I need we, I need you to stop bothering me about this. <laughs> go go bother Albertsons.
0: Anyway, I uh, Matthew, we we made voice recordings of these.
1: You're the new jerky boys.
0: <laughs> We're terrible. But I have to say that in the midst of a horrible year, the discovery of baking cunks <laughs> is one of the best things that happened to our household, and no regrets. I'm sorry, listeners, if if you hate me after this, but yep, we prank called grocery stores a couple weekends in a row.
1: I think I think this is going to be a pretty polarizing event in the history of spilled milk, and I am I am curious to hear what people think.
0: Uh, yeah, it's I, I don't like putting myself out there this way. But anyway, I know that it wasn't the best decision we've ever made, but it it was good for our mental health.
1: Yeah, I understand. That seems fair. Like I just go in the closet and scream. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott.
0: townplace suites by marriott
1: townplace suites by marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay
0: find the comforts of home at townplace suites go there with marriott bonvoy reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem uh, reese's you did it you stumped this charming devil Can I keep talking about Negronis now? Yes, please. Okay, so uh, Negronis are the most successful drink to have ever come out of Italy, according I to the New York Times. I didn't realize
1: how popular they've become. You, you and Tony Negroni were really ahead of the curve on this. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, let's give the credit to, to whom it's due, and that's Tony Negroni. Right. Anyway, according to the New York Times, in 2018, the Negroni was the second most called-for cocktail worldwide, surpassed only by the Old Fashioned
1: called for is a funny way of putting that. I mean, I know that's that's probably like a like a bartending industry term.
0: What but... do you think is the, is the most uncalled for cocktail <laughs> worldwide?
1: Oh, like like one of those one of those like martinis with a with a slider on top. Like some or like a a bloody mary with a whole roast chicken. <laughs>
0: okay. okay.
1: That's uncalled for.
0: All right. So let's talk about the history of the Negroni. I, you know, so I started doing this research on Wikipedia as usual. And then I thought, you know what, this history, even Wikipedia says this history is disputed. So I looked more widely, like at the New York Times, uh, the website Punch, the great like drinks website Punch. Uh, I looked up David Wondrich stuff. And, you know, here's the thing. The history I'm about to share is disputed, but nobody seems to share what like the competing history is. Okay. So, anyway, okay, it seems that the Negroni is a descendant of the Americano, not to be confused with a coffee Americano. I was just going to ask. So, an Americano in Italy is another aperitivo, and it is made from equal parts sweet vermouth and Campari, and then a splash of soda water.
1: Okay. And if you try to order like the coffee drink Americano in Italy, they just say, we're not going to do that.
0: That's correct. (laughs) Anyway, but yeah, I think of an Americano as sort of a lighter version of a Negroni, right? Well, it turns out that they are actually related, that the Negroni came out of the idea of the Americano. So the most widely reported account of how this drink came to be is that in Florence in 1919, at some place called Cafe Cassoni, there was this count...
1: I didn't expect a count to to enter the story at this point.
0: Well, so Count Negroni. I find this very confusing. Uh, Okay. Anyway, there was a a count whose last name was Negroni, and he was at the Café Cassoni in 1919. And he asked the bartender.
1: He was sitting at the piano in the cafe playing a uh, harmonic minor scale and uh, saying that they call him the count because he loves to count things.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Don't make me think of the skit I've already mentioned many I times. I know, yeah. Okay, anyway, so Count Negroni asked the bartender there, a man named Fosco Scarcelli, to make Fosco. his Americano... Fosco. Right? Isn't that great? Yeah. This, this, this episode is, is really inspiring. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Count Negroni asked the bartender to make his Americano stronger by using gin instead of soda water. And Scarcelli also swapped uh, the usual Americano garnish, which would be lemon, for an orange garnish. Okay. Anyway, people love to argue about this stuff. Some say that Negroni actually invented it in Senegal in the mid-1850s. Sorry, there's a typo on the agenda here. Not 1950s, 1850s. Other people say it was somebody else's invention entirely. Our man David Wondrich... Uh, has done some research into Count Negroni, and apparently this will shock everyone. His status as an actual count is dubious.
1: David Wondrich's status as an actual count?
0: <laughs> no, David Wondrich count, is
1: for sure a yeah, count. Count Wondrich. I feel like of all the titles, like like of nobility that you could have, count is way up there, right? Like it feel I feel like there's a whole kind of like personality and style that goes along with count that whereas if you're just like a lord or, or like a duke or something yeah
0: even even being a duke seems sort of it seems sort of like the the younger less dignified title compared to count
1: yeah and i think like if count, count is pretty up there in terms of rank
0: Huh. I, I think. I, d- I don't know. But you'll see, Matthew, on the second page of the agenda, I cut and pasted a picture of Count Negroni.
1: Let's just turn this. In. Whoa.
0: General Pascal Olivier de Negroni, 1829 to nineteenth. Wait a minute. 1913. Why he- Wait a minute. W- yes. This guy can't. Hold on. I think there were multiple count... Okay. Here's (laughs) part of what I think...
1: He died in 1913 and then he (laughs) went into a bar in 1919 and invented a new drink.
0: Okay. This is all coming coming together for me. I think that part of the dispute... Is that there were like historically multiple Count Negronis or something? Well, and this this one was in Senegal in the 1850s, and people say that he ordered it there. But then there was some other Count Negroni who was alive in 1919 who ordered it in Florence. It's
1: probably like a hereditary title.
0: Yes. Also,
1: why was he? Why did he? Why was his name French and Italian?
0: Well, I think that this was probably this picture in Wikipedia. Um, was probably out of some sort of French publication. Okay, which is why it's in French. All right. Um, do you think that Tony Negroni is a, a title that can be inherited?
1: <laughs> I mean, I think you would have to talk to Tony Negroni about that, which is, which is convenient since you're having dinner with her tonight.
0: Yes, okay. Anyway, so you know, Negroni's, there are so many variations on them now. Um, what about so Marvel-
1: Mari Campari.
0: Well, that's pretty nice. Pretty good, right? But that's yeah. That's pretty good. What about um?
1: What What's the other ingredient? I already forgot. Vermouth. Oh um, yeah, I don't think oh, there's a name that sounds like that.
0: Huh. Okay, I'll,
1: I'll keep thinking okay. about it.
0: So anyway, yeah. So most people say that the the Negroni must be equal parts of these three ingredients. Okay, but wait. A lot of people.
1: Sorry, I have to interrupt. I just thought of what my new name is going to be: Jack Sazerac.
0: Okay. Oh God, pretty that good, is so... right? manly that is like rippling with testosterone I don't remember
1: what I don't know what goes into a Sazerac but I know it's a cocktail it's probably good I'm gonna be Jack Sazerac from now on
0: pretty sure it has some absinthe
1: yes so it'll make so like I I can use that as an excuse for the bad things that I do after drinking
0: doesn't it. it here look look it up
1: Sazerac rye whiskey and cognac Absinthe, sugar cube, Peychaud's bitters.
0: Oh, that's a
1: ugh. rye whiskey. Doesn't or that sound cognac. great? That doesn't seem like they would be substitutes for each other, but okay, that sounds good. Yeah,
0: yeah, that sounds great. I am so excited about your new persona, <laughs> yeah, Jack Sazerac, Jack Sazerac. <laughs> international bad boy. What? 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 What should I be? We've got Tony Negroni, Jack Sazerac. We'll figure it out by the end of the episode. Okay, so um, yeah, a lot of. A lot of bartenders recommend upping the amount of gin in your Negroni uh, with the idea being that it sort of makes it a little bit lighter tasting. Because, you know, Campari, even when you pour it out of the bottle, like it's got a real viscosity to it. It, It's very bitter and also very sweet. I've never poured Campari out of a bottle, but I believe you. Yeah, it is not entirely. Entirely unlike cough syrup. It's not that thick. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's not that thick. But it has that kind of intensity of flavor and intensity of, like, sweetness and bitterness.
1: There's probably a Negroni variation made with Robitussin instead of Campari. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, some bartenders even use up to three parts gin, which to me seems like a whole other thing.
1: So, like, three parts gin, one part Campari, one part the other yep. thing, I forget. Vermouth?
0: Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, um, there are many, many, many Negroni variations, and I think we should run through a few of them um, because I think you'll be familiar with some of them. So, of course, there's the Americano, which you could say that the Negroni is a variation on the Americano and vice versa. So that, again, is equal parts Campari and sweet vermouth with a splash of soda. Then, Matthew, have you had this, a Boulevardier? I think I have had that. Okay. So this is made with whiskey instead of gin.
1: I don't think I knew it was related.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, then, Matthew, as you know, I love an old pal.
1: Did we have that on the classic cocktail episode? I feel like I've had this with you. It's oh, you've somewhere. had an old
0: pal with me uh, when we have been in Tokyo together. Oh, And nice. we go to Bar Victoria. I always order an old pal at bar victoria because here's the thing it's made with rye whiskey instead of gin Mm -hmm. and dry vermouth instead of sweet so i think i i think i got into ordering it at bar victoria because they have so many whiskeys there
1: that sounds like intensely dry to me
0: oh my god it's so good i love it in fact maybe if the negroni is going to be my summer drink. Maybe the Old Pal is my yeah, winter I like that. drink with the rye and the dry vermouth.
1: Like, I'm just oh, thinking I of what old with Old Pal. I love so
0: much. Anyway, hold on. I'm going to move on. Then there's the Negroni Spagliato, which basically means the kind of like wrong or mistaken Negroni. Oh, I like that. Yeah, and you might like this one. This uses sparkling white wine or Prosecco instead of the gin. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Then there is, I don't know how I feel about this version. There is a version that uses tequila instead of gin, and that's called the Agavoni or the Tegroni.
1: These are bad names, but it it might be tasty.
0: Then there's the Dutch Negroni, which uses Geneva instead of gin.
1: Like I've heard of Geneva, but I didn't know it was pronounced that way. And uh, I—how how is it different from gin?
0: Maybe it's Genever.
1: That's what Uh, I was thinking. Geneva. Like Geneva is what you call Geneva if you're from... (laughs) Boston?
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I don't know. I only used to own a bar. Oh, right, right. Yeah, but I, uh, let's be clear, I was never anywhere remotely close to being a bartender. I will not claim to know how exactly it is different from gin, but it is. Different botanicals and something else.
1: Good answer. Different botanicals.
0: Uh, And then, of course, there's the white Negroni, which is Gin, Lille Blanc, and Suze.
1: Wait, could your name just be Suze? I don't know what that is.
0: (laughs) Suze is, I believe Suze is French. I think it's like a French Amaro. Hang on, let me look it up.
1: That seems like it could be like your burlesque name, Suze the French Amaro.
0: Yeah, here we go. Because Amaro
1: sounds a lot like Amore. So like this. S-
0: stews is um, it's a French aperitif, a French, like slightly bitter aperitif made from gentian root. And uh, yeah, anyway, so so that totally makes sense as, as sort of being the replacement for Campari here. Yeah. Different kind of bitter liqueur. Um, anyway, Matthew, how do you take your Negroni? All two of them.
1: Okay, so uh, as I mentioned, I had a Negroni Saturday night. I know everyone's very proud of me, and it was on the
0: rocks. And what did you think?
1: I liked it. Um, we let's see. We were watching. We drank it while watching uh, a, the Netflix movie Love Guaranteed, a uh, a romantic comedy starring Damon Wayans Jr. and uh, she's all that. <laughs> um I, I forgot her name. Uh Rachel something I think. Um, okay great movie highly recommended probably I mean probably shoe in for best picture at this point nothing nothing everything added up perfectly with this movie the plot made total sense and the Negroni was delicious and I drank the whole thing
0: amazing Um. so will you talk about how you purchased this Negroni how, how you made this happen
1: okay so I was like okay I'm, I'm gonna like uh, put in a grocery order and get the stuff I need to make a Negroni at home and then I looked and saw that it was made from three liquors none of which I had in the house so like yeah. nope. I'm I'm not going to do that. And then producer Abby said, Hey, if you go to, uh, to do a Italian restaurant on Broadway, you can order online and they have pre bottled cocktails, including a Negroni. And it was made by uh straightaway cocktails in Portland. It comes in this nice little bottle with three servings and they give you three little, uh, pieces of candied orange peel along with that. And, uh, so I threw one of those into my cocktail, even though I know it's probably supposed to be just uncandied twist of orange. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was delicious. Like, there's no I, I like it for, for this kind of cocktail because it doesn't have any like fresh citrus juice or anything like there's no there's no reason that it uh, that it would suffer by being bottled. And it didn't. It was great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Essex uh, has been during, you know, during the pandemic, uh, they have been well, Essex and Delancey have been takeout only. And Essex has kind of been a bottle shop and they've been selling uh, pre-batched cocktails in like just oh, little pre-batched. mason jars. That's what I should have said. Yes. Yeah, the like a Negroni, a Boulevardier, all these things. You know, there's no reason not to pre-batch them, and that's that's pretty sweet because then you can just have it like hanging out in your fridge.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and um, so it was three servings, and so there's still one left.
0: What a feeling! What a feeling! You are a rich man today, Matthew Amsterdam. Exactly.
1: What did, like we we didn't really uh, um, we let this breeze by. What did you think of the nickname Suze the French Amaro? <laughs> I like it. (laughs) I don't think it's very catchy. Okay. Because it doesn't rhyme?
0: I also think that if you just say Suze, that people just assume my name is Suzanne. Well, because we are talking about me, right? I'm Suze the French Amaro. You're Suze
1: the French Amaro.
0: Yeah. Have you ever yeah. been
1: to a burlesque show? I haven't, but it seems like it would be fun.
0: I have not been to one. No.
1: Okay. If that ever happens again, let's go. Okay.
0: Okay. Cool. You know, the other thing that, that makes me a little hesitant on this nickname you're trying to give me is that Suze, the French Amaro, mm-hmm. is spelled S U Z E. And that's also how Suzy Orman spells her first name. Oh, and yeah, that's true. So I true. feel like people might. Read it and think it's Susie the French Amaro, which then is just
1: But then but then like they would uh, they like would that. ask you for financial advice and you could really build a, a trust relationship.
0: Oh, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Okay. What was that little laugh you did?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It felt weird when it was happening. <laughs> 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 um, that's my—that's my, very... that's my new thing. That's just how Jack Sazerac laughs, and, and and you know you don't make fun of Jack sazerac's mannerisms.
0: Okay, all right. Anyway, um, so wait, Matthew, I, I I'm gonna just take this next part of the agenda about, because what if you
1: were like Moany Negroni?
0: Oh, gross!
1: <laughs> <laughs> Joni, like Joni Mitchell, Joni, okay, Negroni. Joanie. Okay, Joni
0: Negroni. I'll be that. That's, that's I like okay, that. That's, that's cool. All right. Can we just get on with this?
1: Yeah. I mean, you seem like a little bit ago, it seemed like it was really important to you to come up with a a nickname as good as Jack Sazerac, which obviously isn't going to happen, but we should at least try.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, So as previously noted, I make these at home and I, I think that I think that if you're making a Negroni, it's important to just go with a London dry gin. None of these like fancy ass like cucumber scented gins or I I don't think you need like a Tanqueray 10 or a Hendrix kind of situation. Um, Don't know what any of these
1: things are, but I believe
0: you. These are sort of like, uh, you know. Well, both of these are have been on the market for a long time now, but they're both sort of like particularly floral or particularly like complex gins. Okay. Um,
1: so you think Trader Joe's brand gin would be okay for this?
0: I, I don't know <laughs> if I ever recommend buying store brand alcohols. <laughs>
1: okay. That's fair.
0: Anyway, I would buy something that is just your basic London dry gin, like Bombay, like the original Bombay or the original Tanqueray, maybe. Vermouth, many just recommend, you know, Cinzano Rosso or Martini Rosso. Both of these are really easy to find. Uh, neither is too expensive mm-hmm. uh, you know a lot of people get all especially if you go to like bon com or whatever they get all up in like i don't Carpa- think anybody
1: goes there anymore
0: carpano antica and stuff like that i've
1: heard of carpano antica
0: carpano antica is delicious that said i think if you use carpano antica in a negroni to me it doesn't taste ex- like i expect just a straight-up Negroni to taste. Because Carpano Antica is, like, really its own thing and tastes very different from, like, a a sweet vermouth. Just plain and simple. Do you like these complex tasting notes that I'm giving? I do. Very I, was, I was waiting for you
1: to talk about the the vermouth that you have been using lately.
0: Oh, so I've been using, you know, Matthew, I spent a long time Googling this. It's a type of vermouth called Angulari. Okay. And I bought it through Essex because it's what they've been using as a sweet vermouth in cocktails that use clear liquid.
1: Is it Italian? If it's Italian, I assume it would be Angulari.
0: Angeleri, I think you're right though.
1: Um, yeah, so it is could Italian- your name be Jerry Angeleri? That's why I was waiting for you to say it.
0: Oh, great! Yes, that will be my name. Okay, thank you, Matthew. Anyway, yeah, but I mean, basically, the the gin should give like kind of the like the structure of this thing, right? And then the Campari is like this intensely sweet and bitter flavor, and then the Vermouth kind of has this uh, sometimes even like kind of smoky wininess. Yeah. Anyway, I I think this is a perfect drink.
1: I'm not I'm not really sure like what what I can say about the flavor of the drink, but like I I am definitely like a sweet and fruity cocktail kind of person. But I did enjoy this very much and finished it while watching the best movie, Love Guaranteed.
0: You uh, tend to be a real lightweight. Did this thing just like hit you so hard?
1: I mean, I definitely went to bed afterwards, but but it was already like 9:20 p.m. So.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, and I note I, I sh- we should point out to the the listener that you also ate before having your Negroni. Yeah. so
1: it was it was what's the opposite oh a digestive I, I had it as a digestive right digestivo okay.
0: uh, is that, yes is that exactly. my, what it
1: might be in Italian
0: yes, but it didn't open your stomach and cause you to vomit or anything
1: no that right? no That's, that was uh, that was another thing I enjoyed about it. What about the nickname <laughs> stevo digestivo <laughs>
0: That seems like it'd be from the eighties.
1: <laughs> it does. You know, well, Steve like Steve from Jackass. I thought it was like the nineties maybe.
0: Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. Okay. So Matthew, hold on. If you were going to have a snack with your Negroni, okay. Like I imagine did. imagine that okay, well, what did you have?
1: I had cool ranch Doritos. It was great. Oh, it was a was, perfect was pairing.
0: That? Yeah.
1: Like they, yeah, because there's like like uh Cool Ranch Doritos are like very salty and a tiny bit sweet and and very tangy and oh, uh, and that it, it paired really well with the Negroni.
0: Oh, nice! I would not have thought of that. Yeah, it oh, I like delightful. that. Delightful. Okay, well, I, I imagine that if we were drinking Negronis like uh, sitting out like uh on a like a piazza at a cafe or something. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah! Like I can't wait to get back to our usual <laughs> piazza habit. <laughs>
0: Me too. Um, I imagine that we would be given like a little dish of salted peanuts. You know, it kind of like a little flat-bottom dish. Almost kind of looks like an ashtray, but it's a salted peanut dish. I picture that. Okay, yeah, yeah. I also, I also totally imagine being served just, like, plain potato chips. Just, like, a little pile of plain potato chips.
1: But, like, do do they... Are these bar snacks you would find in Italy? Yes. Okay. Yes,
0: absolutely. A- at home, I think either of these is is welcome. Or maybe, like, a, a really delicious meaty olive, maybe like a Castelvetrano olive or something like that. I know that I've mentioned before on the show Jessica Badalana's book Repertoire. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a cookbook. Anyway, I love that in sort of the starters section of that book, one of the quote unquote recipes Jessica gives is for a Negroni with potato chips, which I think is about as perfect a starter as one could have to a meal.
1: Yeah, I wanted to say that. I wanna. I I wish I could reach my arm out right now to put potato chips on the shopping list because like a bag of original Lay's is sounding real good right now.
0: I think that would be perfect with a Negroni. And as I mentioned,
1: I have one more Negroni in the house. Okay, oh, so excited! It's a plan. It's a date. Me, a bag of chips, and the last Negroni.
0: You know, you could go hang out in your closet and scream a lot. And what could be better than that big swirling combination? (laughs)
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: You know what, the, what is a really big swirling combination? A tornado.
1: <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you Did you ever see the movie Twister?
0: Oh, God, no. Are you kidding? I grew up with tornadoes. I oh, would okay. never willingly watch a movie about them.
1: That's, that's interesting. That's a good point. My upbringing was too sheltered. And I so had, I was able I to had, enjoy all kinds of movies like Twister and Love Guaranteed.
0: I had so many tornado fears and worries as a child that uh, yeah I, I have never never sought out tornado related entertainment
1: <laughs> uh rachel lee cook that's that's the star of she's all that and love guaranteed
0: <laughs> okay okay
1: sorry i i didn't pause to to like hear your 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 childhood fears
0: oh well it was they were just tornadoes yeah period that no, was I mean, all i didn't I did hear I was you i just of. i
1: just like breezed on to the next thing oh i been great. breeze a lot this episode A tornado is like the opposite of a breeze.
0: That's true. Great. So in okay. the movie
1: Love Guaranteed, the premise of the movie is that Damon Wayans is suing a dating website. This takes place Why in Seattle. Why are we talking
0: so much about this movie?
1: Remember how you you uh, have spent like uh, 80 minutes on recent episodes talking about Animal Crossing? This is my <laughs> Animal Crossing.
0: <laughs> oh, no! So
1: this is our new segment, Love, Love Guaranteed Guaranteed, because oh, it's guaranteed that I'm going to keep bringing up this dumb movie. Um, oh, the premise God. is that uh, he he is suing a dating Website Because they have a guarantee that if you don't find love within the time you go on a thousand dates set up through this agency, then uh, they within a thousand dates, they guarantee you'll find love. And so he's suing them for a million dollars. But then he falls in love with his lawyer. And like, is that going to screw up the case? Yes. It is going to screw up the case because you should not date your lawyer, but this is a romantic comedy so the rules are out the window. Okay. So more okay. more on Love Guaranteed next time.
0: Great. I can't I can't wait. I'm so excited. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And the, right, the well, movie is set in Seattle, but filmed in Vancouver. And so there are all these like overhead, uh, like establishing shots of Seattle. And then as soon as they zoom in, if you've been to Seattle and Vancouver, you know immediately that it's a Vancouver street scene.
0: Oh, man, that must be really fun for you. Matthew. It wasn't
1: really fun. It made me feel oh, super God. smug.
0: This sounds like how I feel when I um, when I plant plants in Animal Crossing mm-hmm. and then they become flowers and then I get to pick them and, and sell them to to timmy or tommy yeah i'm sorry this is this is. is
1: the love guaranteed guaranteed segment uh, animal crossing has to stay in its own oh, segment
0: oh okay all right I <laughs> which, have to, which
1: begins right now
0: i have to use the bathroom let's okay. finish this all right
1: thing. we have a podcast to recommend if uh, if you like spilled sure milk, do. you're also going to enjoy the four top which is a show that we were on once
0: we were so the four top it's won a james beard award it's won an iacp award yeah How many awards
1: has spilled milk won? None.
0: Okay. Anyway, (laughs) with every episode of The Four Top, host Catherine Cole invites on three thought leaders. What are thought leaders?
1: Well, I mean, us, obviously, since we were on the show.
0: Right. Okay. Anyway, Catherine Cole invites on three thought leaders for a fast-moving roundtable discussion of hot-button topics in food and beverage.
1: Yeah. And you can listen to The Four Top right now at thefortop.org or Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts
0: the four top savor the conversation
1: you can find us at spilledmilkpodcast.com. as i mentioned we now have transcripts we're very proud of them mm-hmm. facebook.com slash spilled milk podcast uh, where you can tell us uh, what is your what is your alcohol themed nickname or or non-alcohol themed nicknames beverage themed nickname
0: yeah yeah
1: if you want to be like like juice <laughs> juice prune juice newton um <laughs> If you want to be Prune Juice Newton, you can have that from us to you.
0: For free. Um, uh, okay.
1: Instagram at Spilled Milk Podcast. Our producer is Abby Circatella. And until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, the show that blows whiskey chunks. <laughs> can a callback call back from too far in the past? Yes, apparently it can.
0: I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm
1: Matthew Amsterburton. <laughs>
0: Anyway, all right, Abby, you you can pick it back up now. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.